Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to 1990-what? And if you are listening, you will be surprised to hear me in both of the speakers, the song in both of the speakers. I am your host, Michael Kruzleski, and with me is my co-host, Adam Jones. Adam! Mike, how are you doing tonight? He is also in both speakers. Dadgummit! We We are so excited. We care about the audio quality of this podcast. We do now. By golly, we have done some work to fix a few of our little problems. We have. Little hiccups that we had going on there. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for bearing through it. uh, We're we're aware of the the bullshit, and we're, we're trying to fix it episode by episode. But if we were to wait for things to be perfect, then we'd never get an opportunity to do this. A little here, a little there. We're getting better every day. I think this is supposed to be a test take, but I guess we'll just keep going. Um, no, let's let's stop and uh, let's redo all of this because... Uh, no, no, this is great. Let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, great. So why don't we recap last week? Uh, this is going to be part two of... The, Part the second two episode of the alternative songs chart from Billboard July twenty third, nineteen ninety four. July twenty third. So last week we went through the top half of the chart from number thirty with "Undone" the sweater song by Weezer. Amazing. Far behind by Candlebox. I f- yeah. If I only had a brain by MC nine hundred foot oh, Jesus. I remember that <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> that was terrible. Beer can by Beck. Night in My Veins, Pretenders, Pretenders. All I Want to Do by Sheryl Crow. Oh, yeah. Einstein on the Beach, Counting Crows. Oh, two. We didn't uh, realize last week that we had two crows in a row there. Two Counting Crows? No, no, no. Sheryl Crow, then Counting Crows. Ooh, a flock of crows. Yes, I mean, a couple murder. of crows. A murder. Yes. Oh, God, uh, isn't that creepy? Crows is called a murder. Um, uh. I know that because Counting Crows has a song about it. Uh, anyway. Oh, a murder of one. Yeah, that's a great mm. song. Um, one of my favorite of theirs. That's a good album. Until I Fall Away by the Jim Blossoms. Oh yeah, good. The mm. uh, the excellent Say Something by James. I don't think I liked that one. No, you didn't like that. One. I I think I hated that shit. Sabotage by the Beastie oh, Boys. Oh man. Cornflake <sighs> Girl by Tori Amos. I liked that. I think I remember. You did. Uh, it had that jangly intro, remember? Oh that? yeah, with the Tom Petty. And then like the, uh, the she was doing like falsetto on the on the chorus, um, female falsetto. She yeah. was she was getting she was getting mm. up there. Uh, mm-hmm. Basket case by Green Day. Oh man, oh dude, I, I want to talk about it again. No, we well we, we may we might hear more from Green Day tonight. <laughs> it's possible. Yeah, I'm excited, damn it. Closer by known it. Yes. I almost said nine inch nails. Nine inch nails. Yeah, I know you hated uh, that. Yeah, I I'm sorry. Yeah, you didn't terrible. like it. Terrible. I liked it. it. It's good. Just the worst. No, it, it's good. Then we had two Pixies Saints by the Breeders with Kim Deal from the Pixies and Headache by Frank Black. Nice. And that takes us from 30 all the way through 15. So we actually have uh, fewer songs tonight. We're going 14 to 1. 14 to 1. Yeah, but. um. So far, the list has been great. I mean, honestly, I'm 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 really excited. But I want to ask you, Mike, how how are things going? Things are going pretty good. Um, the weather is getting a little bit cooler. But today was way better than it, it has was because it was overcast. And I'll tell you what, I thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for the past few days. I've heard a terrible. Uh, 
uh, kind of metal on metal scraping whenever I would reverse in my car or come to a stop. I was very scared that it was something serious. Adam, though, however, upon pulling up to his house today, was able to tell me that my left back brake pad on the tire is getting a little low and needs to be replaced. The yeah. cost will not be exuberant. I will put it on my credit card. And get it fixed right up for you there. I, I will. Yeah. Um, could you do it, actually, manually, Adam? Could uh, I just give you, like, $25? I, I, I bet I could. I've, I've changed my own brakes before. Could um, I give you $30? You know what? You can can uh bring it over here anytime and uh I, I don't think i would like to charge you for that because you're my good friend no no i will no if you were to actually if you really <laughs> were to do it i would absolutely pay i'd pay you like 25 bucks and i'd take you somewhere to eat oh well that's that's overly generous i don't i don't yeah well i'll take it you know what i've got a i've got a baby coming and uh i'm sure that i could use a meal because nobody's gonna be paying attention to me Ah, oh. <laughs> well, we'll see. I mean, honestly, it would be cool. Maybe I could like watch you do it, and when the other brake pads go out, I'll I'll know what to do. Yes, the uh, the passenger side was way lower than the uh, the driver's side. Yeah, so I think it's just that one brake pad you need to switch out. Should be quick and easy fix. Just jack it up and pull the wheel off, and you know, off to the races. Literally, that's what people are here to here to listen to right brake pad talk well adam you asked me how i was doing yeah how are you doing as you mentioned you got a baby on the way that's exciting yeah we're we're gonna be um by sometime in the next couple weeks by the middle of august we should have jones baby boy number four here um four boys we uh we've been debating names um Ladies and gentlemen, Adam's family, his three current boys, they are absolutely wonderful. They are well-behaved. When Adam says, please stop or do this or that, they listen. When we have company over, that that seems to be how it goes. Oh, well. (laughs) No, they're pretty good most of the time. I I can't lie. Um, We actually, when we were getting our audio equipment set up tonight, they uh, they recorded a little test podcast for us. They sure did. They were excited. I was excited for them. And your son, your oldest, Jack... Um, a natural. Yeah, yeah. He he. Fit he that showed role. A, He's a natural entertainer. And yeah, he showed he showed one simple sign of, you know, broadcasting finesse when he asked Ian. So tell me what you think about Transformers, Ian. <laughs> and I was like, dude, we didn't even tell him to do that. Yes, they were hitting the the heavy topics like sharks and how their gills work and uh, Transformers and which ones are their favorites. Absolutely. It was a good. It was a good episode. Yeah. What if a first episode? What if kids like just recorded short little podcasts for other kids, and it was just about random topics? Do you think? Do you think that'd be a there'd be a market for that? Absolutely, I think so. Well, because you know people have their kids on you know iPads and stuff mm-hmm. and all that, and and they're playing games. You know, maybe 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 there should be a children's podcasting for little kids to listen to and relate to that yeah. way you know maybe socially they will kind of i don't know you know because when you're listening to a podcast it's almost like you're hanging out with the people which is really the cool right, thing right right you know you can almost pick your peers and you know with children you know if there's positive and fun things and just good stuff I wouldn't That's be good. surprised if it exists somewhere because like it probably does. My <laughs> kids go on YouTube and watch 
other kids showing like new toys they've got and stuff. Oh, wow. Like they, they watch all these videos about Transformers toys all the time and stuff like that. Does it make so them envious of the children they see? Um, not really. They just kind of enjoy it. And, um, you know, they sometimes will like ask for stuff, but like, I don't know. They don't really like pester us for any of that stuff. Or yeah. Anything, so. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, man. We used to, my brother and I, speaking of um, kids showing toys i remember the commercials for um mr bucket where you'd that that was also i think that was in the 90s speaking of the 90s um and and at the end of it the little girl who won grabbed mr bucket and jumped up i win i win my brother and i used to joke like what if one of the other kids got angry and shoved her over and just started (laughs) crying but the cameras just kept they never put that in the commercials (laughs) happens in real life every day you never see it in the commercials (laughs) that little girl (laughs) Got pushed to the ground for winning, or like if they had a Monopoly commercial that didn't end up with somebody like flipping the board over when <laughs> they land on Boardwalk with a hotel. Yeah. I love Monopoly, <laughs> and I love seeing people lose and collecting money from desperate players. All right. Well, should we? Get Let's get into, into it. Let's get into it, ladies and gentlemen. Fourteen to one. On the week of July twenty third, nineteen ninety four. Nineteen ninety what? Nineteen ninety four. Great year in music. Incredible. Great year, year in alt rock. All right. So we want to, you know, the the kind of the purpose of going through these charts is to give you an idea of what you would have heard on the radio if you got in a time machine and went back to July of nineteen ninety four. So. Number 14 on the charts this week was a song I've never heard of by a band I've never heard of. Cause and Effect by It's Over Now. Huh. A little bit of a slow starter here, but we'll get into it. You know what? I don't mind it. Oh. Sounds like the 80s. It does. It does sound like the 80s. I call it synth pop. Yeah. Kind of, though... You know, I I can see myself driving. Maybe it's because of the commute to your house. And I can see... Does this sound familiar at all to you? No, I've never heard this before. Eight weeks on the charts, peaking at number 12. Something about it reminds me of U2 of this era, but I don't know. Not a lot. Definitely not the vocal. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not that into it anymore. I've, I've, lost, I've lost touch. 
All right. Well, that was Cost in Effect with the song It's Over Now at number 14. Do you remember the band Crash Test Dummies, Mike? Yes. I think I know what song you're about to play. This is called Afternoons and Coffee Spoons. It's not the song I thought. <laughs> let's let's talk about that song that you remember, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Uh, I, I'm so happy that that song, a song like that, got airplay because it's absolutely ridiculous. Dude, listen to this guy's voice. Yes, the voice of this guy. That's probably the most unique characteristic, right? You know what? I don't like it, but I'm glad it's around. I won't tell it to go away. I appreciate the di- the dynamic and and the. Difference. I don't like it at all, but you know what? <laughs> I, I, I will allow its existence. Does the uh does the fact that they're a Canadian band make sense? Yep. Like, you know, I mean, Bare Naked Ladies were a Canadian band. Oh, that I didn't came know along that. later. And I just am not surprised you at know, all to learn that they're yeah. Canadian. In, Cana- in Canada. Canadian. Bullshit. In Canada, I get, you know, this kind of stuff flies. Yeah, it's got to be a little quirky if it's yeah, coming from right? a, I mean, yeah. I'll say it again. I, I hate it. I think it sucks. I think it is... It, it's it's shit, but you know what? Kind of catchy, I, I, though, right? I welcome it. Not at all. It's not catchy at all. I don't agree. But you know what? I think it's fine. I, I, it's fine. Well, the title and lyrics of the song are based on a T.S. Eliot poem. Um, it's from the 1993 album God Shuffle the Speed. Crash Test Dummies again with Afternoons and Coffee Spoons. Hmm. Got a little harmonica solo here. Nine weeks on the charts, peaking at number 13, which is where we find it today. I don't like it. All right, well, it sounds like something I, I thought I think I might have really enjoyed in the second grade on the way to like a water park or on the way home from a, a theme park in an SUV with some cousins. Sure, yeah, I can picture that. Now, something that I would have asked my mother, please turn this up, Mom, on the radio. I like this shit. But once you got a little more mature, you uh, no longer into that kind of thing. No, no, I would have said, turn this shit off, son. I don't care what you want. I'm your father. If I was a father and had a child that enjoyed this. All right. Crash test dummies. Mike's not a fan. Please crash. Um, Mike, I, I do believe you'll love this next one. I can't wait. Stop have the you clocks. Ever, have you ever heard this song before? Everyone's heard that Donkey Kong intro. This is a SpaghettiO SpaghettiO bass line. You have to play this whenever you pick up the bass, right? You know, when you play in this bass line, 
on on the the last part right here the you gotta you gotta play that open string I think it's I think it's the open D this is Green Day with long view love it to this song portray total boredom being a loser burnout smoking joints until the days are no longer fun you know I didn't know anyone who disliked this band back then it's yeah I don't want to say anything I just want to listen to it You know, absolutely. Twenty-two weeks on the charts, peaking at number one. Peaking at number one, absolutely. I mean, it's it's. I don't know. I mean, I said so much about Green Day last week. Maybe maybe I'm. Maybe I'm maybe I'm out. I'm just out of gas with it, and not 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 out of gas saying like, oh, I don't care about this anymore. I love that album so much, but I think I've already gone into it. But I mean, you know, it's just it's a really different sound than Basket Case. It is. You know, it it doesn't. When I heard Basket Case, I mean, Basket Case just kicks off. Dude, yeah, yeah. you have There's, the time. It's with relentless. The, yeah, yeah, with with the, with the with the aggressive palm mutes. This this is kind of more like you know you're on a, you're on a ship. Slow burn. Yeah, you're on a boat that's going through a turbulent storm. The storm, you know, it's going to pick up, but you can't turn around. And uh, so you're just yelling, screaming at the thunder, screaming at the waves, telling, "Come get me, come get me, get, give me all you got." And your ship survives in the end, but you know now. Don't don't yell no bullshit to no storms anymore because the next one could kill you. Right. That's that's what this song is. Turbulent seas. Well, once again, that's pretty much the whole song right there. A direct quote from Billy Joe. It's about boredom and smoking dope. Green Thanks, day Billy. with long view. Thank you, Billy. That's a if I could ask you, Billy, uh, what happened? Wh- wh- when did you become such a shitty songwriter? You've been one for about <laughs> 10 years now. Every single album that Green Day has put out since 2000 has been a joke. An absolute joke. As, mu- as happy as those early records make me, the new ones make me horrendously furious. I'm embarrassed about them, and I hate them now. Find it harder to be Green Day fan these days? No, no, they suck now. They're losers. No. I they deserve to have a bored life now. I can't say I've listened to all of their albums. Um, but I'd rather listen to myself. I tried out that last one and I just could not get into it. There was like there was like processed vocals on every track, and I don't know. It just made me it made me sad. Yeah, it's it's a shitty record. Yeah. It's it's it sucks. The songs are terrible. But we'll always have Dookie. Actually I just heard today that 
Green Day's planning on touring Dookie next year and playing the whole album. I will buy tickets. If, yeah, if that happens, I'm if they come oh. to Dallas, I'm I'm going to that. Because I've never seen Green Day. I've always wanted to. I missed a chance when I was in high school. It was on a school night, and my parents. Is it the Pop Disaster Tour go. with Blink One Eighty Two and Green Day? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I remember when that was. I think Good Charlotte, Good Shitlet. Excuse me, Good Charlotte was opening. Did oh, I, say I actually, I, yeah, I saw Good Charlotte. Good Shitlet, uh, Charlotte. Damn it! Well, however you say it, I, I, I'm not sure on the pronunciation of that. Shitlet. Um, I saw them open for uh, for MXPX before anybody had ever Dude, heard of them. MXPX is a better band than Good <laughs> Shitlet. I'd rather see MXPX. MXPX was my first like legit concert, and um, yeah, the Bronco Bowl. Did you ever go to the Bronco Bowl? No, but I hear that there was not a bad seat in the house. Like that well, was such I, a great. I venue. was not in a seat. For that show, I saw I saw less than Jake's from a less than Jake from a seat later, but I was down in the pit for that, and uh, it was it was awesome. Um, I mean, I don't remember that much about it, but I remember it being awesome. Yeah. And I thought Good Charlotte was cool, but then once they like you know hit the radio, I was kind of kind of out on that that sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, uh, they 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 are they're an awful band. Um. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about Green Day and yes. how they suck now. And yeah. Oh, if, they're gonna go, and they might. If go they tour, tour yeah, that, absolutely. If they tour Dookie next year, we we should go together. I think so. Yeah. yeah. I think we're gonna go to that. All right. And we'll we'll talk about it on the podcast. Yes, we will. Okay. Next up, we have another band I've never heard of, an Australian group called Frente. Labor of Love. This is from an album called Marvin the Album. listen to this it kind of reminds me of that sunny came home song by sean colvin i would leave this cd on the dashboard of my car in the summer texas heat and watch it warp and then i would listen to that and it would probably sound a lot better oh god what she just did was stupid if you're listening to this little girl that was stupid delete that shit and write something else That, that'll be it for Frente then. Turn this off now, please. Yeah, let's, let's what was what, what she out. called? I'm just kidding. Don't say the name. Oh, no more. Okay, I won't, no, I won't say it. How long was this on the charts? It was nine weeks, and it peaked at number nine. Peaked at number nine. Labor of Love. Oh, I, you don't want me to say? I won't say it. That was awful. I know you like this song, or I know that you once did. Let's see if you still like this. I love this song. Dude, you did not hear a lot of slide guitar on the alt and, charts. In those and let days. me tell you, let me tell you something. It's like what I said last time we we, we talked about Stone Temple Pilots. Dean DeLeo, the guitar player, he was... He, listen to the chord progression. Those are those extended chords, like sharp nines and thirteenths and... 
I mean, Dean. Thank you, Dean. And you gotta give it to Scott. It's a great vocal line. The way those drums kick in, absolutely, so nice. absolutely. Love it. I, I, I think Scott Wood, Wood, Scott Weiland, incredible vocalist. One of my favorite vocalists. Rocks peace to him. So this song first debuted on MTV Unplugged in 1993. It was on the uh, the Crow soundtrack. Did you ever see that movie? I love that movie. Yeah. Never saw that. Oh, you never seen the Crow? I've never seen the Crow. Oh, I know some Dwight. people were way into it. Ah, oh, you know you, you watch The Office, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they're doing and they're standing outside doing movies you take with you on a desert island, and Jim yells at Dwight, Dwight. And he, and he was like, I don't want to play. And he's pouting. And, and a few seconds go by, he's walking away. And then he, and he turns and like really quickly says, The Crow. <laughs> what a, a great it's a great It's a great movie. It's extremely entertaining. Uh, this song, I love this song. I really, really like Stone Temple Pilots. And, and I, I, I would challenge anyone, go, go and look, listen to those songs. If you're a guitar player, you know, dissect the chords and the chord progressions. They're really unlike a lot of the bands at the time, even now, really. 13 weeks on the chart, peaked at number seven. Big Empty is the name of the song by Stone Temple Pilots. Eventually appeared on their album Purple, but Great first on album. MTV Unplugged and then the Crow soundtrack. Crow. Yes. Man, I... There's just some songs that just epitomize the sound of the 90s. This right here. Yeah. And people this really gave it. this band a lot of shit at the time. Uh, yeah, they were, uh, you know, they, they actually, I believe this year, they were voted in Rolling Stone simultaneously as the best new band and the worst new band. And, you know, a lot of people called them unoriginal and said they were aping other bands of the era, like Pearl Jam, especially. I don't, see, I, I don't understand that. I don't agree with that at all. I don't hear it. I do not hear it. You know, because Pearl Jam had a lot of, like, blues influence and a lot of a lot of different styles of influence. Well, there's I, I definitely laugh. blues influence in the uh, slide guitar. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Song, yeah, absolutely. No, it's, it's a different kind of blues. Right. It's more like the it Delta is. blues, whereas like Pearl Jam, you know, Mike McCready and Mike Gossard were like doing those Stevie Ray Vaughan kind of licks. Yeah, yeah, they really were. Um, um, Pearl, Pearl Jam is a great band. I really like them. But I like Stone Temple Pilots very much. And I do not see, I, I don't, I wouldn't pin them as, as rip-offs. Well, that is Big Empty by the Stone Temple Pilots at number 10. All right. This next song, I really like it. I hope you don't trash it as much as you did Frente. But, uh, if it deserves it, I will. I don't know. I think, I think you might like it. Let's see.
like his lips sinking. I only hear what I want to. He's got this sultry expression on his face. He's into it. You say I talk so all the time. So Ladies and gentlemen, I believe he likes it. And I thought what I felt simple. He's lost in the music. Still lip syncing. And now that I big luscious lips. Now I know that I did something wrong because I missed you. He knows every word. Mike, tell us about this song, Lisa Loeb. Say, Stay, I missed I you. I only hear what I want to. I don't listen hard. Don't pay attention to the distance that you're running to anyone. Ladies and gentlemen, Adam is not joking. I was singing to this song. I absolutely love the song. Here's the climax right here. <laughs> Get it, Mike. Great. Love it. Oh, man. Love it. An all-time great couple fighting slash breakup song. 14 weeks on this chart, peaking at number seven. But it went to the number one spot on the Hot 100 and Radio Songs charts, making it the first number one by an unsigned artist. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, man. So um, there's a story here. Have you ever seen the movie Reality Bites? Oh, man. If I, if I have, it's been a long, really long time. Okay. I, if, I, if I did, I can't remember. Well, it was directed by Ben Stiller. Oh, wow. Ethan Hawke, Winona Ryder. Ben Stiller and Janine Garofalo star in it. Um, well, Ethan Hawke was like neighbors with Lisa Loeb. She lived like across the hall from him. And um, he knew her music. And she gave him a tape of Stay. He gave it to Ben Stiller and he had to use it in the movie. Um, just based on being in the movie and on the soundtrack, it became a big hit. And so it went to number one without Lisa being on a record label, being signed to anything. Wow. So yeah, dominated the the radio, and um, she didn't put out an album until over a year after this, September 1995. The album Tales comes out, be, and uh, at that time she was called Lisa Loeb and Nine Stories. Huh. So yeah, number one hit without being on a record that label. That is great, Lisa. Good First job. One to do that. I love that song. Yeah, great. I love that song. I love it too. You know, just the other day, my kids were watching a new show on Amazon. Um, give, if you give a mouse a cookie, oh. and when the music started to play at the end of the show, I'm like, oh man, I know that voice. That's Lisa Loeb. And I looked it up, and it, it was her. Oh wow. Um, so Singing yeah, to children. She, That's she, nice. She's kind of taken the uh, the role in this point of her career that she does a lot of children's songs and children's albums and uh, tries to make them listenable for adults too. So. That's really cool. Thank you, Lisa. My sister and I played that played that song at a talent show. You know what? I actually played guitar for that song, too, with your oh, sister yeah? singing it. It was at MacArthur. It was for something. Um, but I do remember seeing you and her perform that well, at a talent show. She sings it very well, so shout out to my sister, Kelsey. Kelsey, pretty good. It's, it's pretty good. <laughs> 
All right. Next, we have a band called Live. Selling the drama. I really, really love that record. This is actually not one of my favorite songs, but yeah, this this is never one when I that I think of when I think of actually live and their big hits. Hold on, the, I don't want to. Hold on, here we go, here we go. It's, it's about to, it's about to get. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome right there. Amazing chorus right here. Yeah, no, man, I love this song. I love this record. So this is from the album Throwing Copper. Throwing Eight Cropper. times platinum. Live's second album. There are a lot of great songs on this record. A lot. This one, I think this might have been the biggest hit on this chart from this album. Spent 18 weeks on this chart. Three weeks at number one. Wow. you ever seen live live mike <laughs> no i've never seen live live i actually have really are you sure? i didn't know that yeah my second time seeing collective soul they were touring with live and uh a lesser known band called rocco deluca and the burden and uh, i saw him in jackson hole wyoming which was just about 45 minutes from where i went to school at uh byu idaho in rexburg oh, how was and the show it was it was great um actually i i didn't know if they lived up to their name live you know if you hear you, you yeah, hear the name live you name. Expect to, yeah you expect a great live show but they, they were good um collect a soul i mean they were definitely the uh the one i came away from that show talking about but yeah live selling the drama 18 weeks peaked at number one Eight times platinum album, Throwing Copper. Great record. Really great record. Major band of the 90s. And you know what? Speaking of Collective Soul. Oh, yeah. Here on the charts, next to live, with Shine. great it's great everybody likes this song I mean, and there's one part in the song there's one part in this song that i know everybody sings along to and it's right here what 
Collective Soul. Great. So I just saw Collective Soul for the third time, or actually fourth time. <laughs> big um, fan, Adam. Yeah, big fan. I'm, I'm a fan too. I'm not Great. as big a fan now as I I was in the past, um, but this is the song that that got me into this band. Uh, first of all, it has a killer guitar solo. It is, yeah. I'm, I learned this solo. It's got a great riff. Um, this is from their 1994 release, debut album, Hints, Allegations, and Things Left Unsaid. I always like the cover of this record with the guy with the big wide open mouth. Yep, he's holding up the, the banner. Mike, uh, we we saw this band together. Uh, I can't believe we didn't mention that yet. Adam, you and I both saw Collective Soul live in Austin, Texas. Yeah. Great show. You got wrecked by a Whataburger. Oh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know, I still don't eat Whataburger at the beginning of my days because of that. Every time I get Whataburger, I think, Mike, be careful. Because you might shit your pants. Oh, man. We're, we're coming up on that solo, aren't we? Yeah, I can play this. But you know what? Check this out. I can play faster. haven't really talked about uh that's a great solo man about your guitar really skills ow mike has I love skills i love to play the guitar you know what i love to do now is i like to take a week off from playing and do some shit that's terribly stressful and then i might hear something on the radio something funky something groovy something that rocks and i'll think man shit man i gotta go home and play uh i love playing guitar i absolutely love it me too. You know, playing the guitar uh, throughout my twenties, I I did nothing with my life, and I, but I remember I remember days playing just playing by myself in my room, just playing a riff, trying to play fast, just playing guitar, and knowing like ah, I'm not I'm not writing songs, I'm not doing anything. What am I doing? But just the joy of it is an amazing thing. I, anyone that plays an instrument. Uh, you can probably relate to that, but absolutely love it. Love to play. It's a great release. It is. I would, when I was in high school, I would go through. Sorry for the abrupt ending on that. No, it's okay. <laughs> We're still getting this together, ladies and gentlemen. Please bear with us. Or I've got to say, this is a lot more fun. We have a better setup this week. Where um, this is before great. I was holding the. Uh, my iPhone speaker up to the microphone and trying to talk around that. And um, it was not as easy and not as fun. I'm having a lot more fun this week. We've, yeah, uh, we've this got things figured out. I, I'm lazy and have been doing the same thing since Adam is the one that <laughs> kind of had to go through some real bullshit. It, it has been nothing but a joy, though. Um, this is great. Having a lot of fun putting this this together we're really enjoying this you know it's a great excuse to hang out it is so yeah. we don't live that close I'm so glad we, to do it you know all right next we have seal 
with Prayer for the Dying. Really? Yeah. This is at number six. Oh, man. I love this song. I love this album. I was unfamiliar unfamiliar with this album. Oh, dude. It's really good. I really like Seal a lot. This is from the album Seal 2. As the song ramps up, I'll continue to talk about it. Peaked at number three, 17 weeks on the charts. Wow. Here we find it at number six. I really, I love it. This album went four times platinum. And let me tell you something about Seal that I love. I don't tend to like music that is overproduced, that has a lot of production. But Seal, though, I, th- I think he uses it well. I love the production of his of his music. Harsh words spoken and lives I love it. Uh, the chorus, the chorus is so great. It's such a great chorus. Here we go. There's like multiple vocal tracks on there, and then th- there's a point in there where, um, where the line crossing that bridge without being heard. At that point, there's like an extended uh, vocal point that it like trails as he keeps singing, and then and then one of the last choruses that's that's extended, but there's added harmonies, added vocal harmonies. Um, it's it's not here. It's not on this chorus, but. It, so listen, listen for that. Right, right here. Right here. Oh, uh, yeah. That over top. I love that. That sounds beautiful. This is excellent production. Amazing. I, I love it. It sounds amazing. Right here, too. Man, what a great vocalist. I know. I, I, I love it. I love it. interlude and then there's this really cool break this line right here this no not right here crap I, I listened to the shit out of this song for a long time and and many of his other songs right here when were you into this like what age oh man when it came out and then I, I revisited it around 2005 2006 here it is course right here listen listen to this listen to that that's like four part harmonies it's amazing it's beautiful (laughs) do it again seal do it again right now here it is oh my god i'm being pushed to the clouds right now beautiful I can't believe I've never heard this song. Dude, dude, he has so many great songs. Yeah, I mostly know Seal from like his soundtrack work in the 90s. Batman, <laughs> Batman and Robin. Batman Forever. Batman uh, Forever. The um, Kiss Just from Rose, Rose was on this song. album also. 
Oh, yeah. Um, and did you ever have the soundtrack for the movie Space Jam? Yes. He had a cover of um, Steve Miller Band's oh, Fly Like Fly an like Eagle, Eagle on there. Yeah, I did like that. I, that, I like that cover. That cover was so, like, I mean, I, I don't know how well I knew the original back then, but I was like, man... It's really I loved spacey. the production on that. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's thinking I, that, back, I didn't know that term back then, but that's one of the things I loved about it. Yeah, you know, it no, sounded the, like it was from outer space. I, I, I loved, I, and you know, I, it's funny when you say you didn't know the term production because I didn't either. And then when I went to school, I had a music teacher that mentioned that he was like, you know what I love about Seal uh, is is the amount of production on his music, and and I and I wondered why I liked it because normally I hate stuff to be so overproduced, but there's something so I don't know. There's something about the way uh, his songs are written and how they're produced and the things that are added. Everything is just, be- it's amazing. Yeah. I don't know who produces his music. Um, I'm not sure who's behind it, how much p- control he has, but it, it's, it's wonderful. I really, really enjoy Seal's music. It's awesome. Yeah, that, awesome. Was a, that was a powerful song, and the production just totally elevates everything. Yeah. Um, that was fun. That was oh, great. Dude, I'm now, I'm, I I'm love like, I'm how like much you're awake. geeking out about that. Dude, I'm so <laughs> awake right now. Shit. That was awesome. All right. Do you like Blur? You know what? Some of their songs I really enjoy. Well, this one's called Girls and Boys from the album Park Life. Park Life. Look at these, look at these dogs, Mike. They're racing. Covering. You know what? It, We're, we're looking at the cover to the Park Life record right now, and it's cute. Listen to that bass line. I gotta be honest, uh, I do. I like this song. I've heard it before, and I like it. It's kind of cheesy, but. Yeah, I'd say it's cheesy, but, you know, it's. It sounds a little disordered. It's danceable. Oh, it's danceable. sounds so British. Yes. You know, some British singers, you don't know they're British until they actually just speak normally. But these guys, like, no, that's, he's English as hell. Yeah, there's no disguising this. It's Brit pop through and through. I like Blur, but there's a band that rivaled them that I like even more. Me too. Um, they kind of had the uh, Beatles and Stones things going on with, with Oasis. They did. Oasis. Yeah, that's pretty much this whole song. 13 weeks on the chart, speaking at number four. Number four. Did you say floor? I think I said fur. Fur. I was looking at those dogs on the cover again. <laughs> yeah. It's a uh, Britpop. Britpop. Blur. Thank Park you, Life. Britain. Girls and Boys is the song. Here we find it at number five. I like it. I actually like that song. I kind of want to hear it's, that chorus one more time. It's not bad. It is not bad. It's, it's chewy and delicious. Get to that chorus. Here it comes. Here it comes right now. Keep your ears open because here it comes right now. Oh, 
right. Thanks, Blur. Thank you, Blur. Damon Albarn, the lead singer, I believe is his name. I think. I don't know. Is that right? Who is now in Gorillaz. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, He's behind Gorillaz. I might have heard that at once, but I I totally forgot it. Okay. This one needs no introduction. Oh, man. I cannot. I have no idea what's coming up. I almost want you to pause because I have something to say. Has nothing to do with what I think a lot of people think I'm going to say. But the whole reason for this podcast, the love of the 90s, the love of the music, the one song that I remember, I know exactly where I was, I know exactly what was around me, I know exactly what I was doing, and I remember, I think it was the dawn of my love for listening to the radio, for listening to music, uh, listening to songs um, that weren't children's songs, that that were radio songs. I was in a pickup truck with my family. Uh, there were four of us. It's my mom and dad and my little brother. We were on our way to Centerville, Texas to visit my dad's best friend. And it was, I believe it was in November or October or November. And it was in the morning. The sun was coming up over downtown Dallas. We were taking the highways through downtown. The sun was gleaming mm, off of the yeah. buildings. I and made there was, that drive at the same yeah. time of day, yeah. There was crisp air it was one, I think we had the windows down even because of no 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 we had it up because the radio was on obviously but the cool air was so comfortable I remember wearing jeans and my favorite sweater it was a Chicago Bears sweater I didn't like the Chicago Bears I didn't even watch sports but I just loved the logo I loved the the C on it I loved the colors was it comfy it was very comfy it was extremely comfortable this song was on the radio I'll never forget that moment this is one of the reasons why I agreed to do this podcast with you. Play that song. Play that shit right now. Black Hole Sun. Sound Chris Cornell, an amazing songwriter. Listen to that chord progression. vocal melody. This is a fantastic piece of music. I feel like they managed to get the feeling of depression, you know, into a song. Absolutely, but you know, to me, I didn't, I didn't relate to the sadness. What I related to was, it, it actually makes me feel comfortable because I'm, I'm, I'm like squished up with my family in the truck, and we're on a vacation together, and we're all very happy to be with each other. I'm very happy that that is my memory. I know a lot of people in the world. Their memories might not be so happy, and I, I'm so sorry. I, I, I wish they were happy like mine. And, you know, obviously Chris Cornell, who, who knows what he was feeling. Hopefully it was a good thing. Maybe it was very bad. 
but this is a quintessential. Yeah, this is a quintessential track from that decade. Absolutely. It's a great song. And I do think, like I said, this was one of the beginning songs that I really thought, I really love music. I like listening to music. It makes me very happy to hear certain songs. How about the album, Super Unknown? Did you have that album? Yes. Yes, I loved that album. The very first song, uh, I can't remember what the name was, but it kicks off pretty pretty rocking. And then, you know, there's some... Man, if you think this song is depressing, there is some sad shit from Super Unknown that just sounds like sludge coming out of the sewer. Now, I, I don't think this song is depressing in any way. I just feel like they managed to, to capture the feeling of, you know... Doom. Yeah, exactly. That's and a great well, word no, for it. Actually, actually, I take that back. Not really Doom, but like... Kind of like... Just like a, oh man, shit, dude, this again. Oh, God, my life. You know, it's not, it can't just be one word because it's a complicated sadness. It's a complicated melancholy. Melancholy. You could say that the sadness is infinite. With melancholy. I get that reference. <laughs> I, I mean, to, to me, this song defines grunge. Like, I, I, I agree. I agree. And you know, there's, you know, some people might shun the the term grunge, but but at the same time, when you say that term, you know, we're talking about the '90s, it does lead people to to think of a certain set of bands. Right. And uh, it was designed to be that way. It was designed to make you think that. Well, this was a. So it could be any word. It, it wouldn't really matter what it was. It would lead you in the same direction. This was 24 weeks on the charts, kicking at number two from the five times platinum album, Super Unknown. And, I mean, it just begs the question, Mike, what would happen to us if our sun became a black hole? Let's hear your thoughts on that. Well, I would probably be as far away from my son as possible. And I would tell him as he started to suck in all forms of matter, son, you, uh, your appetite will never be satiated and I must leave you, your mother and I. <laughs> you will not see us again. And honestly, I don't want to see you because I, I have no idea I where that throat will take The me. sun, as in the sun in the sky. Oh, well, I wouldn't want to be burned so I'd stay far away from him well, too. Well, if it became a black hole and went and suck us in and crush us under its weight, uh, a black hole. It does. It, it does. It have weight. It does. Yeah, right. A black hole is like a a collapsed star that is. You know, it's it's so dense that not even light can escape it. So, and it's it, uh, and and is that why is that the cause of the suction? Yeah. So it like you know it, its gravitational pull is so immense because the matter there is so dense. Hey, that rhymes. Uh, that it it pulls in all matter you know and nothing can escape it and even light uh is sucked in by the gravity of a black hole so if if our sun became a black hole which technically it's uh it's too small to become a black hole but um you know life on earth would cease to exist and you know our planet could be completely crushed by the weight 
and the density of the matter. Okay, so so technically nothing disappears or goes anywhere. It just simply is crushed. Right. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, we. I assume we'd be pulled in. I mean, I don't know if we're close enough, but oh, I think it would happen immediately. I mean, the sh- the polar shift would. Uh, well, actually, we would be pulled out of the exact perimeters of what allows life to happen on the planet. So if we are pulled from that, which is a minute mm-hmm. uh, area because in, w- in which we're life Goldilocks can exist. Planet. We're obviously very knowledgeable on this topic. I just want to get you, that Well, if, we pull, if we're pulled away from that spectrum, uh, then the atmosphere would cease to be able to sustain life. Is that correct? So, I mean, we, we would die instantaneously. Yeah, we'd all be gone. I think even the cockroaches wouldn't survive. It would be, I don't think there'd be any, yeah, no, I think it would be an instant, instant death. Just, in, there's, there might be like a, no, there wouldn't, I, dude, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. What is this <laughs> shit? Scientific bullshit. Well, I don't think we said anything that anybody can prove is incorrect, um, but you're free to come at us on Twitter. Yeah, come and, at us. Uh, Bitches. We're at 199WHAT W-H-A-T, on Twitter. Please follow us. Subscribe to our podcast. Rate and review. We seem to have another song from this same band. That's right. Stone Temple Pilots with Vaseline. Um, this is at number three. Love it. Love this song. And again, Scott Weiland's vocals, you know, I would not compare them to Pearl Jam. I always thought that I heard, you know, something original from them. When I heard them, I thought, yeah, that's Stone Pilots. That doesn't sound like any other band. People are just mean. Well, that's true. Um... This spent 22 weeks on the charts, peaking at number two. Songs about feeling like an insect stuck under a magnifying glass. Scott Whalen says that um, the line flies in the Vaseline came from a misheard lyric. His parents were listening to the Eagles song, Life in the Fast Lane. And uh, he says that he thought Life in the Fast Lane said flies in the Vaseline. Flies in the Vaseline. I don't know how he heard that. Yeah, I don't, I don't see that either. But that's that cool. Guitar. Dean DeLeo. Thank you, Dean. Man, at one time on this uh, alt-rock chart, Stone Temple Pilots had three songs on the charts, including this one. Big Empty, which we heard earlier, and Interstate Love Song, which I think is my favorite. That is a great song. song. All right, that's Vaseline, Stone Temple Pilots. Great song, great. I mean, that album, Purple. Really good. Killer. Really good album.
Really quite good. Next we have The Offspring with Come Out and Play. What number is this? This is number two. Oh, yeah. From the most successful independent record you gotta keep them of all time. Gotta love that surf guitar lick right there. I did not know that. That's cool. So, um, I have a very clear memory of hanging out on the uh, playground of the school I went to in fifth grade, sixth grade. It was actually a private Catholic school. And uh, I remember singing this song and a couple others, like When I Come Around by Green Day and uh, Buddy Holly by Weezer. Some of my friends and for some reason, actually, I now know the reason, just recently learned. I thought that when they were saying keep them separated, they were saying refrigerator raider. <laughs> and um, so I was singing that on the playground, and this girl, Sonia, she corrected me and said, no, it's got to keep them separated. And I thought she was wrong, and I thought I was right. But then, you know, later, hearing the song on the radio, I was like, oh, okay, yeah keep them separated well i was right too <laughs> there uh, i was not right but there was this commercial um that i think was kind of parodying the song a little bit and there's like this ninja running around a refrigerator this little cartoon ninja and he was like taking bites of apples and guzzling milk and stuff and it said refrigerator raider just i remember like, that just I like remember it says that. keep them separated in this song and um, Raider, Raider. so I, w- I was on my my brother's podcast talking about Weezer, and I, I mentioned that story. And um, I went back when I was listening to it and typed in Refrigerator Raider and found this video, and it was like a total flashback to the '90s. I had completely forgotten about it, but there is this like YouTube video, of this commercial. You got to check it out. I will. Here's something cool. That is one of two albums. That made me pick up the guitar. Oh, yeah? Offspring Smash. Yeah, I love that record. Still like that record a lot. Uh, and the Black Album from oh. Metallica, which I believe was released in 1991. And I believe that is the best-selling uh, record in the 90s. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah the Black Album. Well. Those were those are the two. Come out and play. 21 weeks. Peaking at number one. Uh, I love that song. You know... 
I kind of see Green Day's Dookie and this album as like the beginning of pop punk and um it was definitely the popularization, I believe, of the genre. Um, and, you know, I I don't blame, you know, a lot of people think that it, it's totally not punk rock to become popular. Little do they know that the Ramones, the Sex Pistols, a lot of those old school, mid, late 70s uh, punk bands, that's they were trying to, they were trying to become rock stars. Yeah. They just looked dirtier and could play not as good, but they were still <laughs> trying to become rock stars. They wanted to be signed by a major label. What is more punk rock than just doing a bunch of bullshit and then getting signed mm-hmm. to a label? You know, I mean, Blink One Eighty Two made millions of dollars from penis jokes. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah. Anybody who's like, no, but, you know, it's, it's too happy. Well, you know what? Eat my shit, you fucking bitch. An, an album with uh, Enema in the title. and That's you know, totally cool. An and you know what? They have a Dookie. lot of... They've got a lot of great songs. And an interesting thing about Offspring Smash, that record was le- released on the label Epitaph, which was oh, yeah, considered yeah, yeah. an independent label at the time. Right. And they were very surprised and obviously very happy with the success of it. It was, and I think still is, considered, as I said before, the most successful, best-selling independent record of all time, I believe. Wow. Still sells. Well, I mean, honestly, I think their popularity is still based off... They Sure, they, they continue to tour and release new albums, but I don't hate The Offspring now as much as I hate Green Day now. The Offspring... Yeah, you know, I, but but I, I will say I the offspring is the offspring a few years you know, ago. It was great. It, it's great, but it but they do they are extremely repetitive to themselves, mm. extremely self repetitive, and yeah. I don't appreciate that. I don't like that. You know, I don't think I've ever listened through an offspring album, but I definitely remember hearing that on the radio in the '90s and and being just you know taken with uh with the sound of it and i loved it yeah i yeah. picked up the, i wanted to play guitar for years and that was one of the records that i i was like no nah, i gotta i want so to. you say uh you point to smash and metallica's black album yes those were the two uh, i i had a neighborhood friend make them on tape for me i had uh, a tape of smash and i had a tape of the black album and i mean i i think no, I probably don't have the tapes anymore. You, you they're, they're totally unlistenable. I mean, mm. that's all I did. I, I never Just did homework. Out. Oh, I've, yeah. I, oh, man, I loved it. That's awesome. Well, Mike, we're to the point in the show where we're going to play the number one song. Ladies and gentlemen, debuting, debuting, charting at number one for the week of... July 23rd, 1994. 1990 what? 1994. We've got Toad the Wet Sprocket. Really? With Fall Down. What? Play that shit. Oh, yes. 19 weeks on the chart. Oh, I love this song. Six weeks at number one. Oh, play the shit out of this song. Ousted one week later by the offspring. This was the end of its reign. Oh, 
yeah, here it comes. Here it comes. about Toad the Wet Sprocket? Nothing. But I do know this. I've heard this song. I love this song. I don't know anything about them, though. I I definitely know this and a few of their other radio singles, but I don't know anything about this band. I I remember a girl I dated for a week or two uh, really loves Toad the Wet Sprocket. You know, there was a later album I heard. I think it was called New Constellation years ago thought it sounded really good but pretty big gap there for me between the 90s and I think that was like a 2012 or 2014 release or something like that yeah they were always there through the 90s you know they were you heard that name a lot I do the only thing I remember hearing is the name the name dropped all over the place. Yeah, you can't forget the name Toad the Wet Sprocket. And this is great. I mean, this is as radio-friendly as it gets. Oh, I thought it was going to go into a chorus. We got a third verse. Really solid track. Really? Yeah, it is. I love it. I love the harmonies. I, I love it. I love those backing vocals. There's a lot going on vocally in there this There is. Song. There really is. This chorus is killer. It's killer. That is from the album, and I don't know if I'm saying this right, Dulcinea by Toad the Wet Sprocket. Dulcinea? Isn't that a... <laughs> isn't that a character from Don Quixote? Um, actually, I think you're right. Yeah, La- yeah. Mano La Mancha. Oh, Mano La Mancha. Yeah, yeah that's the name Don of it. Quixote, yeah. Don Quixote. Going after the windmills. Mm-hmm. Dulcinea. Yes, again. She was a, a lady of the night, and Don Quixote loved her and thought she was a princess. Oh. Very romantic story. Very metaphorical, too, with the uh, chasing windmills. Oh, yes. yes. He thought it was a dragon. Well. And he thought a lady of the night was to be his love. Well, she could. I mean, you know, the the love that he had for her changed her, and she became a lady of the day. <laughs> but oh, then realized great. she couldn't make any money in the daytime. And 19 weeks for Toad the Wet Sprocket. Six weeks at number one. It's good. So that, that is was what you would have heard on the radio the week of July 23rd, 1994. I, 
most of that countdown I really enjoyed. Yeah, that most was great. Most of it I did. Yeah, the great thing is, too, uh, I enjoy the surprises. Because, you know, you, you like could... Like Seal? Absolutely. You could have a song that you haven't... You've, you are familiar with, but you just don't see it coming. And a lot of these songs, I, I just didn't see it coming. I like that, you know, we, we're talking a lot about 90s rock, but we're getting a very wide variety of genres in these in these lists. Right, and yet right. at the same time, though, we you know, mostly talking about 90s rock, you know, that's what the 90s was. Oh, damn it, I've, I said that the first two episodes. Shit. <laughs> it's okay. The diversity is something I enjoy. I respect it. I like it. And that is why we're here. Yeah. That's why we're talking. Absolutely. You know, we we celebrate and appreciate the music of the 90s, not just the rock, not just the alternative, all of it. I mean, it's all part of the puzzle, right? Yes, complicated puzzle. People doing heroin and killing themselves in the early 90s to the mid-90s when they were getting down to the pop punk, Mm -hmm. to the later 90s when they were confused because Metallica cut their hair, um... You know other things. The the people that were on that show, all that they were just getting a little too old uh-huh. for the show. Some of them went <laughs> Saturday Night Live. Some of them didn't. Saturday Night Live now is bullshit and all that. I had never revisited it because I'm afraid that I might not. It might like not it. hold up. Yeah, I'm afraid mm-hmm. that it might not. Yeah, those Good Burger didn't hold up. That Snick, movie sucks. Those Saturday Night Nickelodeon Snick, that's shows. That's right, Snick. Remember the Spice Girls? I, I remember the Spice Girls. Yeah. yeah. Remember Hanson? Yeah, definitely remember Hanson. Yeah. Do you remember when Beyonce was good? Um, I guess so. I mean, I, I, I believe people think she's good now. Remember when Adele didn't <laughs> exist? Yep, I do. Good times. Mike, do you remember... Uh, Life before Mumford and Sons. Uh, I I might have breached the wrong the wrong topic here. I'm gonna stand back from the microphone and see what happens. What's his name? Marcus Mumford. I believe so. Yes. Mumford and Sons is the worst band. Mike, your your eyes twitching. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I'm trying. I hate them so much. I, 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 I've, I'm out of gas. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening to 1990. Ladies what? and gentlemen, this has been another episode of 1990. What? Adam, how'd you feel about it? Uh, this was a lot more fun. I mean, I've been having fun this whole time, but now that we got this new setup, yeah, a little bit of a new setup to this, help. This works much better for me. <laughs> Yeah, this is great. Please, we're on multiple podcast services. Find us on Apple. Find us on Stitcher, Spotify. Like, subscribe, wherever it's most convenient to you. Rate us, review us. Um, And, you know, reach out to us. Find us on Twitter at 199WHAT, 1990WHAT. And uh, let us know you're listening. Let us know you like the show. Um... We're going to do some episodes that aren't just going through the charts. We're going to, you know, we're going to need to delve into some stuff that never charted. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. So give us your suggestions. 
totally yeah no please um like and comment tell us what you'd like us to talk about if we like what you want us to talk about we'll talk about it. if we don't you will be ignored uh, so keep your bull you know re- really really give us something good keep the bullshit gotta bring home. it think about what you would want to present to people to discuss don't give us any lame shit okay if you want to be my lover you got to get with my friends does, um, does that apply you got to make friends with us. <laughs> then you can get with your friends. But if we say, nah, dude, lame, okay? Go back, watch a couple of Rin and Stimpy, some Rocco's Modern Life, get a little <laughs> creative with your bullshit, and then hit us up with some cool ideas. We'd love to discuss it. Folks, this has been absolutely wonderful. We love it. We love you. The 90s is great. We love talking about it. Until next time, good night. <laughs>